Well, amen, 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 amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Hey, give these guys, they're unbelievable. Great worship. Awesome. Hector. Oh, son. What a crew. My name is Jeff Loving Good, and it is such a privilege to be here at Sugar Hill Church. I've heard so many good things about you from folks across the country and Chuck and Chuck and Jenny, they're such great friends of mine, and Rachel, my wife, Rachel, she's been here several times, and she loves this place. In fact, uh, she texted me, she's speaking at an event tonight, and she texted me early this morning, she's a lot more spiritual than I am. She texted me early this morning, and she said, I'm praying for you, honey, that I love you, and you're going to be blessed by being able to be a part of this church, and uh You've got a great pastor, and you've got a great pastor's wife, Miss Jenny. Unbelievable folks. And I'm excited about what God is doing in this church, really to impact this community and around the world, and never lose hope in doing in well-doing. God is blessing you and working through you to impact tons and tons of people in this community and around the world. It's, it's a blessing to hear about it. I, I was uh, preaching the first service and I got kind of, you know, when you're speaking, I got kind of tickled at myself because I was telling folks how, uh, I, how, must, how messed up I am. Is, any, is anybody in seventh grade in here? Any seventh graders in here? I had a Ryan who was a seventh grader. Any seventh graders in here? There's not a seventh grader in the house. Where's the seventh grader? Seventh grader, what's your name, young man? Logan. Logan, I, you know what? Seventh grade is such a big deal to me. I love seventh grade. I love seventh grade. I spent the two of the greatest years of my life in seventh grade. <laughs> love it. Love, Logan, man, I hope you do better than I do in, in seventh grade. In fact, Logan, <laughs> the second time in seventh grade, my English teacher, Nancy Ashley, you, you, probably, you probably do well in English. I, I wasn't a great student at that time. And, and so, Nancy Ashley was walking down the aisle, you know, it'll bless every seventh grade boy's heart if you know, English teacher walking down the aisle and she points to my book and she said, Jeff, I want you to read this. And I couldn't, I couldn't read it. And so she said, okay. And she called my mother uh, and Jean Ann Loving Good, a good Southern word, you know, named Jean Ann. And she calls my mother and says, I need to start seeing Jeff she told her what happened. She said, I need to start seeing Jeff on Saturday mornings, which another thing will bless every seventh grade boy's heart that he has to go see his English teachers on Saturday mornings. And uh, I was kind of socially promoted, I guess, because I could play ball or whatever. I don't know. But I, I have dyslexia really bad. I read everything backwards. I'm the most messed up person in the room. I've got A-D-D-F-L-C-I-O-U. I've got every letter known to man. Dude, I've got, I'm, I've got a plenty of issues. I mean, I've got plenty of issues. And you're saying, well, why am I here this morning? Chuck fooled you, I guess. I don't know why you're here this morning. <laughs> we're here because we're worshiping a great God who loves us. Amen? And you're surely not here to, because I, 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 I'm here. But uh, that's, it's a good thing that we get to worship the Lord. You know, we're all needy, right? We, has anybody here got it all together? How many of you need the Lord to do something in your life today? Raise your hand. I, I got both hands up. I got both hands up. 
I, 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 I double need Jesus to do something in my life because I messed up. If you didn't raise your hand, we got a problem. Because that means we got multiple Jesuses walking around this place today. You got it, you, you, you got it all together. And, but realize this. God wants to desperately meet us today at our point of need. And in Scripture today, what we're going to do is take one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and we're just going to go verse by verse here, and we're going to see what the Lord did, what God did in the Lord's life, really, in Jesus' life, and then what Jesus did with the disciples. And hopefully as we do, as we read his word, God's word is living and active. I love what Chuck says about the Bible. God's word is living and active and it's amazing, it's amazing how God takes the Holy Spirit and uses his word and pierces our heart and, you know, does only his thing in our lives today because we are all needy. Listen to me. We're all needy. If you have your Bibles today, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Starting in verse 22. They'll have it on the screen here. And we'll get started right now. What's the first word? What is the first word? What in the world does immediately mean, Logan? Immediately. What does that mean? Well, in different cultures, a lot of times it means different things. Right now. Okay. Well, when I used to, I've been in Africa several times. And when I would go to Africa to speak or whatever, you know, they had the service that would start at 7 o'clock. Well, it might start at 7.30, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And so it was all relative, you know, for the culture. But in our culture, in, in, in Georgia, in South, or in the Western culture, when you have a service that started at 11, most, most of the people, well, in, most, in some churches, they like to show up at 11 o'clock. Some of you show up after the second or third song. We understand that. Because you got to go to the coffee bar and get your cup of coffee. I got you on that. And so, but in the West, in Africa, when I was there, they would say, they had a word, for, uh, a kind of a word and a, and, a, and a movement for immediately, which was like this. They would go, now, now. So you can do that with me right now. Put your hand right here and go like this. Now, now. That means immediately. Now you're going to see that word three times in this scripture. And Jesus is doing something. People are responding immediately, okay? So let's keep reading. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him on the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Why is he dismissing the crowd? What had just got through happening? Well, <laughs> Jesus had just got through feeding 5,000 people. He just, he just got through uh, performing a, a huge miracle. Now, you've got to understand something. Jesus is God, and he's man. He's God-man. And so in his being God, man, he did miracles. But in his being humanity, he's probably pretty tired. Can you imagine feeding 5,000 folks? It's a, it's a pretty uh, challenging thing. So he, he did a miracle, and he immediately made the disciples get in the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountainside by himself to do what? To pray. He went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Why? Why does Jesus pray? 
He's God, but he's also man. Well, there's several reasons I think Jesus prayed. One is this, to reflect. You know, we say we learn best from our experiences, right? Have you ever heard that before? Have you ever heard, hey, you learn best from your experiences? I don't think we learn best from our experiences. I think we learn best from reflecting on our experiences. And I can see Jesus, if you will, on the mountainside, start reflecting all of what God, the Heavenly Father, and what all Jesus did, if you will, in feeding the 5,000 people. I think it was a time of reflection. I think it also was a time of refueling. It was a time of getting focused, if you will. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of y'all are tired? Yeah, tired. I talk to so many students, college students, that tell me, hey, I'm stressed out. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm struggling. I, I said, don't go pet a dog, you know. And then there's nothing wrong with dogs. But why don't you go get before the Father and pray? You're struggling. You're tired today. Look at the example that Jesus did. He got up on the mountainside by himself and prayed, reflected, refueled. In our Western culture, in our world today, we always challenge you to keep going. You just got to toughen up and keep going. No. When we do that, we're more apt to making mistakes. We're more apt to sinning because we're doing life many ways in our own strength, in our flesh. And I think Jesus gives us an example because he immediately did that. He, he dismissed the crowd. He got on the mountainside by himself to pray. I want to encourage you today to reflect and get refueled and pray if you're, if you're tired. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already um, over a mile from land. Or some of your translations say, translation would say a considerable distance from land. Battered by the waves because the wind was against it. Around three, some of your translations say the fourth watch. Around three, early in the morning, he came to them walking on the sea. Can you imagine that? The Bible says nothing about the disciples praying, right? So you have the disciples were a part of feeding 5,000 people. Okay, so the disciples are kind of like, you know, if you will, they are like us. They're not God and man, they're man, they're people. And so the disciples just kept on going. They, Jesus missed them, they went on and they got on the boat, they went out on the water, the wind and the waves are against it. It's four, three or four in the morning, it's the fourth watch early in the morning and all of a sudden, there's an object. There's something walking towards them on the water. Hello? Can you imagine being in a boat at this time? When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. They were terrified and they cried out in fear. Have you ever been scared? Have you ever really been scared? Not like boo scared, like a movie scared. Oh, no, that's just very short panic, I guess. Have you ever been terrified? 
When I was a senior in high school, a week after my graduation in high school, my dad was 49 years old. My mom was 45. I was 18, just turned 18. My brother was 15. And a month before my graduation, my dad decided he was changing life insurance policy and dropped his life insurance policy for some reason. And he died. A week after graduation. Here I am there, senior in high school, trying to make my mother kind of flip. She's 45. She just, oh my, just destroyed her. So I'm trying to make arrangements because they don't have it. They're young enough. They don't have the arrangements. They've, the life insurance policy's gone. We were, we were not very wealthy at all anyway. So I'm trying to, as a 17, 18-year-old, I'm trying to make arrangements on the casket and, and the funeral plot and all this stuff. My mom is struggling, my little brother. And I'm, man, I'm scared. What's going to happen here? I signed a football and baseball scholarship to Carson Newman college up in Upper East Tennessee. I, I went there at, uh, at, the, at, first, at the end of the summer and, and for camp. In my freshman year at Carson Newman, I had three, I hurt my knees playing football. I had three knee operations. So within the course of six months, my dad dies, no money, three knee operations. I'm laying in the bed in the hospital after a five-hour knee operation, reconstruction to my left knee. And I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I'm by myself. There's nobody with me. How am I going to get home? Where am I going to live? Am I going back to college? And all of a sudden, in the hospital bedroom came my college football coach, Ken Sparks. He's a great coach. He comes in my, my room and says, hey, Jeff, you're going to come and stay with me. Well, I wasn't like some great football player. I didn't play at Georgia or Tennessee or I don't know that other school in the west of here. I don't even talk about that red school. That, I don't even talk about them any, but I'm not that good. And, and I was used to anyway. My knees were all messed up. But my head coach came and picked me up. And I went to stay with him for a couple weeks. And then he took me back to the dorm. I'm there, I'm the guy at Thanksgiving who didn't have enough money to go home, but had to spend Thanksgiving with the foreign exchange students at college. I'm that guy. After Thanksgiving, I went to the first base dugout at Carson Newman about 10, 11 o'clock at night, and I did what you see here. So they, they went. It, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. And the next word in verse 27, immediately, you're going to see it for the second time. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them. Have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I'm in the first base dugout. God, what are you going to do? What's going to happen to me? I'm crying out in fear. And it was like the Holy Spirit coming and speaking to my heart. Not audibly, it was like, Jeff, it's okay. I got this. The scripture right there, Jesus is saying, hey, take courage. Have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Listen to me. If you're there today, if you're sitting in this worship center today and you're tired, go to the Lord. 
He knows where you are. If you're terrified, if you're fearful, if you're scared, if you're struggling, if you're hurting, God, what am I going to do? You know what? God knows right where you are today. Hey, God knows where you are today. And he wants to respond to you. And the Bible says immediately, he said the right words to say at the right time. In my life, he said the right words at the right time to me. In the first base dugout at Carson Newman. And I want to tell you something. For the last 30, 35 years, I've lived a Forrest Gump life. I'm telling you. I, I, it's unbelievable what God's allowed me to do. I mean, can you imagine? I teach doctoral classes at seminary, at, at, at Wake Forest, at Southeast Seminary. And I just barely made it through seventh grade. God's got a sense of humor. And God wants to do something great and through you too and me. If we just let him, if we just let him say, God, I'm needy. Our problem is this. We act like we got it all together. Quit lying to yourself. Hello? Take off the mask. Quit lying to yourself. There's a guy here in this scripture that really takes his mask off. And you're going to see him. And it's Peter. Look there in verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered to him, command me to come to you on the water. Now, can you imagine that? Get the picture of that. I sound like Larry Munson. Get the, let's get the picture. Dogs. You ever heard that? Red, red top, silver hats. Oh. I love the dogs. I love Georgia Bulldogs at my house. You know why? My son had the greatest game of his life against Georgia. <laughs> he plays for Tennessee two years ago. He was a snapper that caught the ball over his head on the one-yard line. Got SEC Player of the Week against Georgia. Oh, I love the dogs. <laughs> I know you mean. I see. He, Chuck's over here trying to get you to sing. You go to the Georgia game or Georgia Tech game. I hope you don't go to their game. But you go, you're all like, like the goofy. I mean, you're crazy. You come to church trying to get you to sing up here. You're going, how great thou art. <laughs> how great thou art. What's up with that? What's up with that? That's what, that's what they're saying about Peter. The disciples looking at Peter. What's up with that? What are you doing? Come to you on the water? They're going to think you're crazy. This is this when God wants to do something, spe something special in your life and you start doing it, many of the biggest naysayers are going to be the people that are closest to you. Do you hear that? God wants to do something special in your life. Many of the biggest naysayers are the people that are closest to you. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus says what? He says one word. What does he say? Come. Can you imagine? They're in the boat. They're looking. And all of a sudden, Peter starts, oh, hello. It's the law of physics. Right? Law of physics. One of the laws of physics, it's a lot easier to guide a moving object than a stagnant one. Peter, stepping out of the boat. Let me ask you a question. What's it going to take for you to step out of your boat? In the boat, that's, I got it all together. It's all about me. I got it together. Oh, yeah. 
But when was the last time you experienced a miracle in your life? When's the last time you experienced God doing something special in your life? Hello? Peter is experiencing something special because he decides, Lord, that you tell me to come. I'm not going to listen to the naysayers. I'm going to focus on you and I'm going to step out of the boat and I'm going to get out with both feet and I'm walking towards you. And all of a sudden, he starts walking to Jesus. He's making a decision. I was, I was on Coach Fulmer's staff for about five years at Tennessee. And there was a freshman, about 6'7", about 260, could run, unbelievable athlete. When he was a high school player, he was an All-American as a defensive end. He came to me at the first of his freshman year and said, I'm moving schools. I'm going to go to Virginia Tech. Coach Beamer wants me up there. I'm going to Virginia Tech. My brother plays wide receiver there. I'm going to Virginia Tech. Coach Fulmer wants to move me where I was a high school All-American as a defensive end. He wants to move me to tight end. I said, hey, man, why don't you come to my house tonight? Rachel's got a good roast. My ro- Ooh, I love a good roast beef, Amen. She had all the trimmings. We go there to eat. We're eating and all of a sudden there's no more roast beef left because this young man's eating all the roast. And he looks at me and my wife said, I'm leaving, going to Virginia Tech. I'm leaving. Coach Fulman, I don't know what he's talking about. And if any of y'all have met my wife, she spoke here before. She's pretty strong-willed. Can you imagine us both living in the same house? God bless us all. And so we've been married 30 years. But in in the process, she says, you know, Man, you might want to listen to the coach. He might know what he's talking about. And I said, hey, man, you got five years to play for. Why don't you stay here this year? If it doesn't work out, you can go, and then you still have three years to play. He's got to make a choice. And it's in the balance here. He stays that night. We pray, get up the next morning. He's, we're praying about, hey, it's a tough choice. Are you going to be willing to make this tough choice? And he said, I just, let's just, I, and so we get on our knees, six, seven, me, and we're on our knees. He's praying. And he said, I'm going to stay at Tennessee. Do you understand how important this decision was to this young man? He's a first round Hall of Famer in the NFL. His name is Jason Witten. He plays for the Dallas Cowboys. He's the all-time leading receiver of the Cowboys. But he makes a choice to step out and trust God. Hey, you men out there, what are you going to say? Hey, I'm depending on self. I'm pretty good at business. I got all this thing together. You Listen to me. Take out the mask. God might want to do something with you spiritually because your son, your daughter, are, they're watching you not live a spiritual-filled life. And you're going to, one day you're going to say, what about my kids? Well, Dad, step out of the boat and trust God one time. Here Peter is stepping out of the boat. He's walking to Jesus. He's focused on Christ. And then what happens? What happens? He takes his eyes off Jesus and begins to look at the circumstances of life when the waves rain and he begins to sink. A sink. And when he begins to sink, he said, Lord, save me. The third time, and immediately Jesus picks him up and saves him. Peter is the only person in the history of the world to walk on water twice. Once focused on Jesus, second in the arms of Christ. In the arms of Christ, because he stepped out. The Bible said, he said, ye of little faith. 
Right? And we ought to crack on Peter because he had little faith because he took his eyes off Christ. But listen to this. Don't crack on Peter because at least he had some faith. How much faith did the disciples show in the boat? Zero. When they got back to the boat, the disciples all circled around Peter and they began to sing and worship. Oh God, you're God. Oh gee, Peter, look what all the... Oh. Reminds me of church. It's easy for us in the comfort of the church to circle up and sing Kumbaya. But how many of us are willing to step out of the comfort zone, to step out of the boat and experience all what Jesus has for us as we do day-to-day -day life? If you're tired today, if you're tired today, don't keep going. Stop, pray, reflect on all of what God's done in your life and get refueled. If you're scared today, I'm scared, terrified. Don't man up. Surrender. Don't man up. Surrender. God, I can't do this. Jesus has the right words to say at the right time, and he wants to meet you at your point of need. Thirdly is this. When are you going to get out of the boat and experience all of what God has for you today? Not tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in this day. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here yet. Today. You got some big choices to make. Why don't you step out and trust a God who wants, you, wants to do a miracle in your life today? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody moving about. I want you to reflect on your life right now. I want you to think about your life. If you're this morning, you say, Jeff, I'm tired. I've just kept on going and I've really not stopped and I've really not gotten refueled. I've just gone on my own strength. And it's time for me to stop and reflect and get refueled by the Lord. Why not today? In a minute, why don't you come down here and get on your knees at this altar and get before the Lord and get refueled today? Why don't you do that today? There's some men in this room, some men that need to do that. Because your wife and your kids have been praying for you. They see you and they, you need to do that. You need to make a choice and get on your knees and get refueled today. Some of you this morning, you're, oh man, you're terrified. You're dealing with issues in your life. You have, you have sickness. Your marriage is not working out. This is, this, this is not happening the way it should happen. You have that, that, that cardiologist told you. You're like, what am I going to do? You know what you're going to do? You're going to come and get on your knees and get before the Lord. And you're going to cry out to Him. You're going to cry out to the disciples cried out in fear.
And Jesus immediately responded, take courage in his eye, don't be afraid. And there's some other, the third group of you are in this room this morning that you've been in the comfort zone of your life and it's time for you to step out of the boat today. And not trust so much in self, but trust in a God who wants to do a miracle in your life. And you need to come, grab a pastor, you need to get on your knees, and God help me have the courage to do what's hard. Help me have the courage to do what's hard. Because I know that you're gonna go with, you're gonna be there and go go with me. If you're in this morning, say, Jeff, I'm one of those three people. I'm one of those three people. Would you please pray for me? I want to pray for you. I might not know you, but I know, the, I know the God who does know you. I want to pray for you. You say, Jeff, please pray for me. I'm one of those three people. In the quietness of, of this moment, I just want you to lift your eyes and look at me in the face. Just lift your eyes and look at me in the face. And by doing that, you're saying, Jeff, I'm one of those three people. Right now. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. I see all you in this section, right? Absolutely. In this section. Yes. Scores of you. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. God bless y'all. In this section. Yes. All of you. Yeah, I see that. In the balcony. Yes. In this section. Absolutely. In this section. I mean scores of you. Yes. In the balcony. Yes. Absolutely. I'm going to pray for you. Here's what I want us to do. Hector, you're going to play a little song, right? He's going to play. I'm going to pray. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to choose to step out. And we're going to make this section down here an altar. The minister's going to be there. If you want to talk to a minister, some of you need to step out and ask Christ into your heart for the first time. They're right there. Go talk to them. We have ministers here who will talk to you. But some of you need to get on your face and cry out to God. They cried out, cried out. Have you ever heard somebody cry out? Do you know when my, my dad died? I, it's still, I've never really shared this right here, Chuck. I, I'm going to share something I've never shared before. Right here. When my dad died, it still resonates in my ear. Because he was in Indianapolis. It still resonates in my ear when I heard my mama scream. That scream. She screamed. It's still in my ear. Some of you just, you know, there's something about wailing out, God, I can't do it without you. He knows right where you are today. Remember what we said at the very beginning of the service? He knows right where you are today. And you know what? He loves you and he wants to meet us at our point of need. Today. I'm going to pray. Hector's going to sing. You choose to come. Some of you need to run. Serious. I'm going to pray. He's going to play. People are already coming. You come right now. Lord, I pray right now. God, I pray. I pray that men and women would have the courage to come forward and cry out to you. God, I pray there were scores of people, scores of people that looked at me. And God, I just feel in my heart right now that there's a boundary. And I, God, I don't know why I said some of the things I said that you just spoke through my heart. 
And God, I just trust you today. I pray for the people in this room that are tired. I pray for the people that are terrified. I pray for the people that are, that are in the boat. I pray for marriages right now. I pray for families. There's some people that are sick today. God, thank you that you are the great physician. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray.